0: Good morning. Churches across the Southern Baptist Convention today are asking that question Who is your one? That was J.D. Greer, our president of the Southern Baptist Convention, and he's leading us to really focus on that strategic and important question Who's your one? You know, when you think of someone far from God, who's the first person that comes to mind? Is it a neighbor? Is it a co worker? Is it a parent? no matter who it is, God could use you to reach them. So who's your one? Just imagine for a moment if every believer could answer that question with the name of a person who is far from God. Just imagine if a month from now, two months from now, I I ask you, who's your one? And, And you had a name, you have somebody on your heart, there's somebody in your mind who is far from God. It might be a a person that's close to you geographically or it might just be someone that's part of your family or just a personal friend and, and there's somebody that you're praying for and with whom you will share the gospel over the next 12 months. That's really the intention behind who's your one. One friend, one family member, one neighbor, one co-worker, one person that you will pray for and share the gospel with Over the next 12 months. I discovered something this week that I thought was pretty cool. Uh, We've planned this initiative for a while now. uh, And planning to launch it today uh, on March the 17th. So today's date is March 17th, 2019. Our church was founded on March 18, 1895. So a year from today we will celebrate our 125th anniversary as a church family. Now, let's think about what could happen. What if part of the celebration a year from today, what if part of the celebration was all the people who've come to faith in Christ this past year because you cared about and prayed for and shared Christ with your one? Can you think of a better way to celebrate a church's anniversary? So the question is, who would you pray for, and who would you share Christ with over the next 12 months? So over the coming days, that's going to be our priority. We're going to try to personalize and prioritize, take ownership, if you will, of the Great Commission for one. Intentionally praying for and sharing the gospel with one. Now, we're prone to think of one in terms usually that are small and insignificant. I mean, who wants just one cookie, right? A small and insignificant, or, or who cares about one penny? We often think in terms of one as being small and insignificant, and it's easy for us to overlook the value of one. But apparently, one matters to God. Jesus once told the story about one. It was one lost sheep, one lost coin, and one wayward son. And in each of those stories about something that was lost, it's also a story about something that was found. And the point of the stories, of the three stories together, is to show us what God is really like and how much He cares about one. So open your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 15. If you mark your Bibles... I know that I've preached this text before, but I have not preached this message before. Luke chapter 15, a familiar text to a lot of us. And if you look at your Bible, if you have headings in your Bible, the headings in my Bible for the 15th chapter says this, the parable of the lost sheep, and then the parable of the lost coin, and then the parable of the lost son. The entire chapter is dedicated to three stories about something that's lost it's something that's important. and something that's found. So, here's what I want to do. I want to look at uh, four or so common threads that run through all three stories. So, let's just take these stories combined and look at some common threads that run through all of these stories. First of all, if you're taking notes, number one, in, in all three stories, something of great importance is missing. The first story is about a lost sheep. Let's read it, chapter 15, verse 1. Now the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathering around to hear him, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and he loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? When he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. The story emphasizes the shepherd's concern and the shepherd's diligence in searching for the sheep because something of value was missing. Then Jesus tells the second story, and we see the same similar thread running through the second story about a lost coin. Or suppose, verse 8, or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? When she finds it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you that there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. In this second story, it's the story not of a lost sheep, but, but it's the story of a lost coin. And it's not just that she had ten coins in her purse and lost one. Most scholars believe that this is referring to a headband that Jewish young ladies got when they got married. It was a headband that had ten silver coins in it. And one of these coins fell out of the headband and was lost. It would be the equivalent today of, ladies, of you losing the diamond in your ring. Lisa and I have had that unfortunate experience in our marriage that sometime years ago, I don't remember exactly when it was, but she looked down one day and the diamond was gone. And we were searching for it and we were frantic trying to find it. And we were heartbroken because it was lost. But here, here I tell you what, I can promise you, what, one of the things we did do was this. We went looking for it. because Something of great value was missing. That's the situation in these three stories. And then Jesus tells a third story about a lost son. It's a longer story, so just make sure you follow along. Beginning of verse 11, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Normally, that's something you would get at when the father dies. But this son was saying, I want it now. Verse 13, not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had, all of his money, and he set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he, had done, after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, that's a, something you might want to mark in your Bible if you mark your Bibles. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up, and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him, and he ran to his son threw his arms around him and kissed him. Any parent can relate to this story, right? It's a missing son. Something of great importance is missing. This is not a missing sheep. This is not a missing coin. This is a missing wayward son. And Jesus used these stories to help us understand what it means to be lost. You see, when someone is lost, they're missing from God's family. The word missing implies that something is not in its rightful place. It's not where it's supposed to be. The sheep was not where it was supposed to be with the flock. The coin was not in the headdress where it was supposed to be. The son was not with with his family. He was absent. He was missing. And Jesus tells these stories to say, listen, I want you to understand what it means to be lost. It means that you're missing from God's family. You see, God has a book in heaven called the Lamb's Book of Life. Everybody look up here. Uh, let's pretend that this is that Lamb's Book of Life. The Bible says there's an actual book in heaven called the Lamb's Book of Life, and it's a record of every person who ever became part of God's forever family. When you, I was 11 years old when I prayed to receive Christ, and I believe on that day my name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now here's the heartbreaking thing. For those who have never trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior, their name is left out of that book. That means that if you've got a family member, if you've got a friend, if you've got a neighbor or a co-worker, and they're far from God, they've never trusted Christ as Savior. Their name is left out of that book. Now the good news is, nobody is worthless to God. But the bad news is, you can be of value to God, and still missing from his family, And that's the thrust behind these three stories. The sheep was, was valuable to the shepherd. The coin was of value to the lady. The son was certainly of value to the father. You can be of value to God and still missing from his family. Now the second thing that runs through all three stories is this. We see the theme of the value of one. Jesus told these parables to point out that just one person matters to God. In the first story, it was one sheep that mattered to the shepherd. In the second story, it was one coin that mattered to the woman. In the third story, of course, one son mattered to the father. And it is my joy and privilege as a minister of the gospel to tell you that if you are missing from God's family today, you matter to Him. You see... We like to focus on big numbers, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's wonderful to celebrate big numbers. We like to focus on big numbers, but God is focused on one. and He wants us to be focused on one. It's one out of a hundred sheep. It was one out of ten coins. It was one out of two sons. Jesus told these stories to say, listen, everybody matters to God. Everybody matters to Him. Those who are far from God are of tremendous value to Him. And it breaks His heart that they are missing from His family. That's why we're going to give you a card. Here it is. We're going to give you a card today as you're leaving. And this card is going to represent that person that you know that's missing from God's family. I've got somebody in mind that I'm going to put His name on this card. I want you to understand something. I care about this person. This person lives near me. He's important to me. And because I care about him, and more important than that, because God cares about him, I'm going to put his name on this card. And I might share Christ with a lot of people over the next 12 months, and I hope that I do. But there is one person that I'm going to intentionally pray for. There is one person I'm going to intentionally share Christ with. And I'm going to put his name on this card. And over the next 12 months, God being my helper, I'm going to try to share with my one. Now, another thing that runs through these three stories is this. The one matters so much that an all-out search is launched. In the first two stories, it's interesting that similarities and then the third story is a little bit different we'll get into that in a moment but the shepherd went out looking for the sheep verse 4 in the living bible says "Wouldn't you leave the 99 others to go and search for the one until you found it the woman searched carefully the bible says for the coin the living bible says in verse 8 won't she light a lamp and look in every corner of the house and sweep every nook and cranny until she finds it everybody look up here jesus is saying that's the way god is That's the way God God is like that. He's so concerned about those who are lost that He seeks after them. Some people have the mistaken idea about God that He's detached, that He's distant, that He's indifferent to us. But these stories, Jesus said, no, 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 no. God's not distant. No, God's not detached. God's always sought those who are lost. I mean, think all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Remember the story of Adam and Eve. When sin entered the world, what did God do? God came looking for Adam, searching for him. Adam, where are you? And it really set the pattern for the way God has been working ever since. The Gospels portray God as always taking the initiative to seek out sinners. In fact, Luke 19 says, "...for the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost." God's nature is to be a God who cares and a God who seeks. Listen, we understand that on a human level, don't we? I don't know if you followed this story, but back in January, I think it was January the 22nd, an awful story came out in the national news about a little boy, three years old, in North Carolina who was playing in the backyard of his grandmother's house with some other little friends. And the grandmother suddenly realized that Her three year old grandson was gone. It wandered into the woods apparently behind the house. An all out search was launched. Hundreds of volunteers came and started walking through the woods. They had helicopters, they had drones, they had canine dogs. Every resource they could imagine. They even have divers because there was ponds in the area. Every resource they could imagine was, was marshaled so that they could go looking for this little boy. It was 22 degrees that night. They didn't find him. The next day, as soon as it was daylight, they go out looking again. Again, hundreds of volunteers, helicopters, drones, canine unit, divers. It was still in the 20s. They couldn't find him. Late in that day, a lady was walking her dog, and she heard the cry of a little boy. She reported it, and they went and they f- up into the woods, and they found this little boy trapped in some briars. Three years old, he had been found. And everybody rejoiced, and everybody celebrated, and rightly so. And I have yet to read one story of anybody complaining about how much all of that cost. Why? Because we recognize the worth of a wonderful little three-year-old boy. We recognize that the life of a little three-year-old boy is precious. And that no cost is too great trying to save him. That's true on a human level. Don't you think God is at least that concerned about the soul of every person? In fact, God is so concerned about the soul of every person that He sent His own Son to die as a sacrifice for our sins. His own Son, it says, came to seek and to save that which is lost. God cares about the soul of one person. Which brings me to the fourth point that kind of is woven throughout these three stories. And here's the fourth point. Heaven rejoices over one. In the first story, there was a great joy when the lost sheep was found. Look at verse 5. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and he goes home. And then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. And then Jesus applies that when he says, I tell you, then in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. There's a second story. The woman celebrates when she finds the coin in verse 9. When she finds it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. And Jesus applies that when he says, and in the same way, verse 10, I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner. Who repents? Then in the third story, of course, story of the lost son, the father throws a party for the son who once was lost but now is found. Verse 22, But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Jesus said in verse 7 and in verse 10, He said, that's the way it is with God. There's a cosmic celebration in heaven when one single sinner repents. You see, when something is lost and then it is found, there is great joy in that. And God said, heaven rejoices when something is lost and then it's found. Now, I've got a major announcement to make. Let me have your attention. I have a major announcement to make. Sherlock the cat has been found. Yeah, as of yesterday. As of yesterday. Now the cool thing is, I planned to preach a sermon all along. He just showed up at the right time. You don't know if you're a guest, or if you haven't been here, if you missed a Sunday. You may not know about Sherlock. I'm not going to take the time to retell the story, but basically... Basically, uh, he, he ran off about three, nearly three months ago, went to his new home. He apparently didn't like it, and he left. My daughter was brokenhearted. And about a month ago, I told you the story of me burying the wrong cat. After I told that story, I got a lot of people texting me, emailing me, saying, hey, there's a cat, dead cat on Brushy Creek Road, Preacher. You may want to go check it out and bury it. Got a lot of those kind of calls. You're wonderful people. You really are. So yesterday, here's how it came down. Yesterday I was pressure washing the driveway and Lisa came outside and she had this big smile on her face and she said, Sherlock has been found. So what are you talking about? Sherlock. He came home. She said, Do you let, let's go over there? We, we need to celebrate, you know. I said, Okay, I I'll go with you. And I turned around and I finished that little square that I'm washing, and then I turn back around, and she's gone. She had already gotten in the car and taken off. So I get in the car, I go over there, and I find out what the store, Lauren said that, she, there, there's Lauren's house, there's this big field, and then there's some woods. She said, Daddy, I, I was looking outside, and I saw this cat come out of, the, out of the woods. And then I saw him coming across the field toward the house. He said, when I saw him, I thought, is that him? Could that be him? He's, he was limping. He was very skinny. And Sherlock used to be very fat. And he was very. she was like, is that him? And the closer she, he got, and the closer she got to him, she suddenly realized it was him. And Brett said he looked over there. He was cutting the grass. Brett said that he looked over there, and there she was sitting in the middle of the field holding this cat crying. There was great celebration in the Shorter and Porter family because Sherlock had come home. He was limping, he was skinny, but he had come home. And Lauren even sent Snapchats all through the night. Sherlock in my lap, Sherlock in Brett's lap, Sherlock with the dog. She celebrates, she's so happy because Sherlock, who was lost, has come home. Jesus tells a similar story, it's a better story than that, but he tells a similar story about a son that's gone. And, and it's a little bit different from the other two stories because when the sheep was lost, the shepherd went looking for it and he found it and when you find it, you pick it up and you carry it home. When the lady was lost her coin, she was looking for it and when you find it, you pick it up and, and you've got it. And, but in this third story, Jesus said, now there was a son and he left. And the father didn't go after him. Because a lost person is different than a lost coin or a lost sheep. You see, a lost person has to decide they want to come back to the father. And so in this story, Jesus pictures the father as waiting. Wanting the son to come home. Hoping he will come home. Looking for the son to come home. But waiting. And there's in, in the story, Jesus said the son came to himself. He suddenly realized, I'm living like a pig when I could be living like a son. And he came to himself, and he made the decision to go home. Now, I don't know why Sherlock decided to come home. But somewhere in his little cat brain, he made the decision. I've had enough of this. I'm going to go home. He had his freedom. He had his independence. He did his thing, whatever. Then he decided, I'm going to go home. And Lauren embraced him, and Lauren welcomed him, and Lauren hugged him, and Lauren cried because he was back. Jesus said, That's the way the Father is in this story son came to himself. He suddenly realized that what he was doing was stupid. And he decided to go home and, and say to the father, I'm not really worthy to be a son, but but let me be a slave. I, I would rather be a slave with you than work in the pig pens out there. And the father embraced him and said, No, you are my son. You were lost and now you're found. And, and they celebrated because the lost son had come home. Now Jesus tells that story to say, that's the way God will treat you when you decide to come to Him. Jesus told that story to emphasize the response of God, that He always welcomes us, He always forgives us, and He always celebrates when we return to Him. And the Bible says that there is a celebration in heaven every time that happens. Now think about your one that friend, that family member, that neighbor, that coworker Imagine the day, sometime between now and the next 12 months, imagine the day that you get up enough courage to share the gospel. And perhaps they bow their knee and repent of their sins and trust Christ. You would be celebrating... Because your one has come to faith in Christ but the Bible says there's a bigger picture than that all of heaven celebrates I don't understand what all of that means I just know that heaven really celebrates when one places their faith in Christ there's a heaven wide celebration in their honor so my question today is a very simple question who's your one you may not even know any lost people. You know, some, for some of us, we've been Christians for so long, and we live in our Christian circle and in our Christian bubble, and we really don't know people who are far from God. So, over the next several weeks, maybe what you're asking is Lord, would you show me one? Would you just show me one? And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do. As you're leaving today, I'm going to ask you to get two things. There's tables here on each side, and there's a table out front, a big table in the lobby. First of all, I'm going to ask you to get this card, and this card will will simply be something we're going to ask you to fill out. Who's your one? Just put their first name on this card. And then next Sunday, bring it back. Stick this in your Bible. Be praying about, who's my one? Is it a neighbor? Is it a family member? Is it a co-worker? Is it a personal friend? Who's my one? Who's that one person who is far from God, And I'll commit to pray for them and I'll commit to share Christ with them sometime in the next 12 months. Who's my one? Get that card as you're leaving. Fill it out. Bring it back next Sunday. And then the second thing we want you to get is this prayer guide. Again, they're at all the tables. This prayer guide, we're going to ask you to start using it on next Saturday. Make sure you hear that. Use this prayer guide starting next Saturday. And there's a prayer every day for the next 30 days for your one. A different prayer that you can pray every day for the next 30 days. And the reason we want you to start it next Saturday is because if you start on Saturday, you will end this on Easter. So 30 days leading up to Easter, we're going to be praying for our one. And of course, we would love for you to invite your one to the Easter service. So get this as you're leaving today at all the tables here at the side, as well as the big table out front. I just want you to think about that one friend, that one family member, that one neighbor, that one coworker, one person you'll pray for and share the gospel with over the next twelve months. Jesus said, I want you to understand something. That one person matters so much to God. So much, he said, let me tell you three stories to show you how valuable they are to God with me? Now, it may be that today you've come here and you recognize you're in that story. Pastor, I'm missing from God's family. I'm not part of God's family yet. These stories that you've talked about in the Bible that Sure, sound a lot like me, especially that story of the wayward son. Maybe today you're, you're, you've come to your senses and you recognize your lostness and you recognize that you really do need to come to the Father and you realize that the Father loves you. God, the Heavenly Father, wants you in His forever family. You'd simply admit that you're a sinner. Believe in your heart that Christ died for your sins and and was raised from the dead. you commit your life to Him. The Bible says that God will today write your name in the Lamb's book of life. You can have a relationship with God and the certainty of eternity with God in heaven. All your sins can be forgiven, not because of your goodness, but because of the blood of Jesus shed on the cross for your sins. You might be the one that somebody else has been praying for for a long time. So if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior today, I invite you to come and put your faith in Christ. Others you may want to come and pray for your one. Already praying for that person who is far from God. May God burden our hearts so that we at least have one person we're praying for and sharing with. Father, in the name of Jesus, be honored in what happens here, we pray. Amen.